Demons Discuss TV Show Review, Season 2, Episode 8. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. What are we talking about today, Jean? We are talking about episode eight of season two of A Discovery of Witches, which is a mostly modern episode. Yay! <laughs> like witches. I'm like, which witch is witch? Which witch is witch? <laughs> oh, God. I love this episode. I love the visit with the modern day friends. I do. Yes. Because the plot thickens. Yeah. Oh, and we get to go to so many places, too. We get to go to set tours. We get to go to Venice. We get to go to Oxford. And we get to go to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how fun that is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we get to see baby Babies. Big things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Big things. Lots of big things. And apparently they happen a lot faster than they do in real life. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a roller coaster for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's pay our bills, ladies. Because we gotta. This podcast is sponsored by our Patreon patrons. So I didn't write anything down for this, but I'm just gonna say Patreon's been very good to us because our listeners contribute to our prosperity. And how they do that is by pledging two bucks a month to help us become independent. And I'd like to say we've been independent for the past three years because of our listeners. That means no ads for you guys. Yes. We're not getting interrupted by me reading about a mattress or a bra that doesn't pinch or some underwear. <laughs> toothbrushes. toothbrushes um. Everything seems to have a lot to do with personal hygiene. Yes. yes. And food. Cringy. It's kind of cringy. <laughs> I know. But I get sucked into those too. I mean. But those are like offline discussions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You don't want to hear that on your podcast. No. no. Yeah, no, no, no. So Angela, why should one become a patron? Well, you had mentioned our entry-level $2, the Coven membership level. Yeah. Um, they will get you our off-week show, which is our after show. It'll also get you into our quarterly drawing that no matter your membership level, you'll be entered into a drawing and we'll choose randomly a winner. The prize is usually a Valerie's choosing and it can run the gamut uh, <laughs> depending on if she's on a, a 10 generosity level or a 100 <laughs> generosity <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah, it's gone from a single prize to a prize pack. Um, but the levels go up. Yes. Oh, I have new goodies to add to our prize pack, too, this year. Yay. Yeah. You're always adding. Like I said, I, I even got an envelope full of goodies, and I wasn't even expecting it. So <laughs> she's usually Oprah level generous. That's right. So. Look under your chairs. Yeah. There's a car or something. <laughs> I love that. But the levels do go up, uh, pledge levels. And depending on your pledge level, you can get even more glorious swag to go that matches your membership level. True. And you all get the after show, too. That's important. That is important. Mm-hmm. Very important. That's right. Because I don't know. I don't know how people like the after show, but some people have said that they like the after show better than these episodes. So I'm just like, <laughs> okay. okay, we'll take it. <laughs> There's no plan that goes into the after show. We just hit record and start talking. So. Yep. Anything can fly out of her mouth yeah. at any time. And it does. Yeah, and it does. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so if that looks like something you'd be interested in, you know, hey, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. And that ends that. I want to talk about our random patron sponsor today. Yay. Yay. Go ahead. Let's do a Matthew drum roll, right? Yes. random patron sponsor today is Jennifer Woods. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm not going to forget the disclaimer this time. This is going to save me some editing. So our disclaimer. In this episode, we have broken it up into two pieces. The first part of this episode, we will talk about what is presented to us on screen. We won't get into book spoilers. We won't get into any other episodes. We're just talking about the TV show episode we're planning to 
talk about, and that's it. Sometimes we slip, but most of the times I catch it in editing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. And then we will warn you prior to going into the spoiler zone. So, Angela, you said people had questions about what our spoiler zone is. So you want to clarify that for people? Yes. The spoiler zone can include comparisons of the TV show to the books. The spoiler zone assumes that you've read the entire series. So we will talk about the Book of Life or installment three, which will include season three. Um, and it will not include spoiling future TV episodes, though. Right. All books, not future TV episodes. And we might talk about the previews for the next episode, which they show at the end of the episodes at every episode. So except for the last episode, they won't show that. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. Settle up. Get your snacks. Uh, we got to get in the wagon. <laughs> when I edited the last episode, Jean had um, retrofitted our wagon with a remote start. Yes. Because <laughs> it's cold out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so our 1970s wagon has been upgraded. I like that. I remote yes. started it, so it's running right now. And we're just going to get in and start this adventure. Well, it always had a remote start. It was Dad going out into the driveway and turning it on. <laughs> yeah, that it is true. <laughs> Look at that. Our dishwasher is starting the car. <laughs> it's also Mom. <laughs> Right, with all that black smoke coming out of the tailpipe with that leaded <laughs> gas, right? <laughs> there you go. That's the best. So, when we last left off... We were hightailing it out of Prague. Yes. yes. Beaten feet. We had to go, dude. We had to go. Fitzio, that was the name oh, of the game in yep. episode seven. And we had to take that stinky book with us. I know! Yeah. That stank-ass book. <laughs> Man, Matthew was not happy about it, and Diana was like, yeah, whatever. She was very, yeah, whatever about a lot of things that last episode. Oh, he was freaked out. He was like, oh, God, this is the book of death. Yes. And she's like, cool. <laughs> right. Let's yeah, go. He's kind of looking at her like, huh? Cool. See, what? Diana, though, like me, has Scarlett O'Hara syndrome. We'll worry about it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let's yeah. get out of here. She's got it in spades. <laughs> All right. In this episode, we open up in 1591. Diana is looking through the book of death. <laughs> yeah. Perusing it. Almost obsessively, I thought. I've been trying to understand it, but it's resisting me. The harder I try, the stranger I feel. It's making you ill. Stop. Roswaz has prepared some food for you downstairs. I'm not hungry. Wonka. Matthew's concerned that it's making her ill. Yes. Well, he's a vampire. He can, like, sense those things. Right? That's true. That's a good point. I mean, he did say that, and I thought, oh, maybe he's just exaggerating. But you bring up a good point, Jean, that he is a vampire. And as we found out from season one, her blood talks to him all the time. Yep. It's, very, it's as chatty as she is. Can't keep its mouth shut. He convinces her to go eat the food that was prepared by Francoise. And she's like... All right. Mm. <laughs> Somehow we're magically transported into the present. We are with Gerbert and Peter at the congregation, and he's relaying to Gerbert what he's found. That was when he was in the museum, right? Looking, yes. Yeah, and he was looking at those pieces of paper through glass. Did he obtain them or did he just read them? Unclear. Unclear. Yeah, absolutely unclear. So he goes on to tell about a letter by Edward Kelly. He's given a page to each of the three species. Peter determines that that's why he couldn't call it up. And Gerber's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Gerber's like, Diana did, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of love that. It was like, dude, you're, you're kind of like janky. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you janky ass witch. 
<laughs> and then he offers a feeble excuse. Well, maybe she had a page of the right. book. Yeah. And then it's like, well, but what about the vampire? You know, and then he's trying to be all pissy about, well, what about the vampire page? And nobody gives a damn about the demon page. Did you notice that? <laughs> that was my total note right down here. I was like, yeah, no one's concerned about the demons. Of course not. Oh. Yeah, that's my note, too. No one asked about the demon page yeah. again. Gerbert is very interested on where the vampire page is, and he'll speak to Isabeau about it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's always looking for an excuse to chat up Isabeau. Have you noticed that? Right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's such a pest. Now we flash, and we're with Emily, who's got the page in the house. She's got the page the house gave Diane and Matthew last season. She's studying it, and we go to our opening music, yeah. right? And it was like, she's enthralled. Yeah, she's obsessive about it. Almost like we said, Diana was pretty obsessive about going through that book. It's mm-hmm. It seems like whoever's got a page, they're just fascinated with it. It's like the ring. Oh. Yeah, and, and, and just to back up a second, yeah. they did a fantastic job animating. The, yes. the special effects for the actual Agreed. book are great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so good. We're in our open and present day at Marcus's house. He's getting dressed while listening to New Order. That seems to be his theme music now. Yeah, I think that is definitely his theme, True Faith, which kind of makes sense. He's having a really hard time picking out a shirt. And I had to say, this is so adorable. It reminds me of a dear friend of mine from years ago. And the only thing that was missing was were the pile of rejected outfits on the bed. <laughs> no, this won't do. No, this won't do. He did pretty good. He only had to go through three outfits before he figured out which one he was going to wear. So kudos to you, Ed. Right. And he had such angst and indecision because of his upcoming visit. Is that why? I'm thinking. I think so. I think so. So he grabs a pendant, and then we get a good look at it. It looks like a seal of some sort. He stares at it, and then the doorbell rings. Yay! It's Miriam! (laughs) Speaking of outfits, she's got that rocking coat from the the Kick Juliet's ass coat from season one. He answers the door, and she said, you've been avoiding me. And then she swiftly lets herself in. I love that. Very swiftly. I mean, one thing you know for sure is vampires make house calls. You have Baldwin, you have Gerbert, you have Miriam. You can't just ignore. I will well, not be ignored, Dan. Yeah. I mean. Not too much in the fact that it's very clear that you do not have to welcome them into your home because they will definitely just barge in <laughs> under, the, under vampire speed of light. Right. That's a fantastic movie. I have to put that Fright Night on my list for maybe a Saturday night. Oh, yes. The original, the Chris Sarandon one. I got to go find that one. I love that movie. Yeah. So Miriam is there to try to calm the waters with Marcus. And if you'll remember, he just found out a bunch of foul shit was going on in his family that he didn't know about. I mean, he's upset. It is that he didn't know about it, but it's also like a level of humiliation. Yeah. Like, you knew, you knew, like you knew, even knew you. except me. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm going to insert a clip here so we can hear that conversation. Matthew is trying to protect, to protect me. Yeah, I've already heard that bullshit excuse from Isabel. I had a right to know. Philippe wanted blood rage eradicated to prevent humans from discovering our existence, to protect Isabeau's secret. So he used Matthew as his assassin. Well, then why didn't he just kill me? He failed to follow orders. You should know by now. With Matthew, actions speak louder than words. You lied to me. You all did. It wasn't my right to tell. You've been my friend for over 200 years. I'm not family. You know what? I'm done with all this. With my family. With the knights that Baldwin wants to be Grand Master, then he can have it. In fact, you know what? This is great. Because this has helped me realize what's important to me. My friends. My work. My human life. We've also got some important things to talk about here. Miriam's not able to talk him out of, you know, just down from the wa- right. yeah, walking away from it, which is funny considering she's got how many centuries of experience talking Matthew down from the train. Right. It doesn't work with Marcus, though, apparently. Back at the auction house, he's there on the guise of returning her scarf. This is Phoebe's yeah, and scarf. Yeah, like an Hermes. Yeah. Looks expensive. It was, girl. <laughs> yeah. Super excited. That Hermes butterfly scarf. Phoebe is dismissing him left and right. I mean, Marcus pulls out his trump card, the Knights of Lazarus. And then he hands her the pendant 
and asks her to do her worst. Research it, have it examined, and then in the end, all you'll find are questions. And when it's time for answers, you'll know where I am. And Phoebe's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, she but would, I know she part was of her like, is like super skeptical. Wouldn't you would be too, right? I'm, I know I would be. I'd be like, your delusion is just growing. It's getting worse. I know. <laughs> not, not better. Oh, yeah. You're really buying into your own PR, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, please stop bothering me at work. Really? Right. Yes. Go have your delusion somewhere else. But, you know, she goes yeah. back to the office and can't hide her curiosity. Yeah, she's totally it. Googling so it. <laughs> I would have totally Googled it, too. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah. let's see. Okay, this is quick pace. Now we're with Marcus and Nathaniel. They're in his kitchen discussing Marcus's quandary with Phoebe. Man, the bro talk was great. That's what Mm -hmm. I said. Look, I said Nathaniel's comforting him in a bro way. (laughs) Yeah. Now, okay, not not unlike Agatha, Nathaniel is a voice of reason. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It it runs in the family. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, you know, you decide to settle down. It's not working out for you, mate. Sorry. You know, it's like... Okay, and then Sophie comes downstairs. The look on her face is like, uh, <laughs> guys, uh, yeah. the baby is coming. Not due for weeks, nonetheless. I mean, <laughs> but... And everybody panics. Everybody panics. Baby's coming. You know, not due for weeks, but hey, no one told Margaret that. Yeah, she's on her own timeline. Yeah, no shit. All right, back at Septour, we're joining M and her new hobby. <laughs> No, oh, yeah. Summoning she's, the dead. She's, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's smoking crack behind the garden. Her new habit, hobby, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's getting high off those sage bundles. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Is that sage or something else? <laughs> so Rebecca appears, and then Emily asks her about the book and how it's connected to Diana. And then Rebecca's Fitzio. She's out. I mean, yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. it's like for somebody who has, who's dying to deliver a message, she doesn't stick around long enough to do it. She's like, well, I'm like, I'm not getting right. This. And, you know, I'm having my own paranormal happenings in my own house. I'm like, whose issue is it? Is it Emily who doesn't have the gift right. strong enough? Or is it uh, Rebecca who can't communicate from her side strong enough? I'm like, what, what's the problem? I don't know. I like to yeah. imagine uh, Rebecca shows up and she's like, oh, this shit again. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to reverse my my opinion from an earlier episode when she first called up Rebecca yeah. and then she wiped her away real quick. I thought it was someone else that she saw. That's why she got rid of it. But now I think that yeah. she was just so surprised that she called Rebecca that she freaked out and let go. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I agree. I think I totally agree with you because I think you and I both were like, yeah, I'm not sure that was Rebecca. Maybe right. Because yeah, they keep going out about, yeah, you better be careful because anything can come through. And I got me being me hoping for disaster me too. Going, <laughs> right. hoping, hoping it's somebody else trying to break through to make this a little more interesting right, right. no rebecca's just like yeah no nah, bro i'm not interested i gotta go <laughs> gotta go got shit to do <laughs> so i don't know the real answer there it's just emily can't hold and maybe she's not strong enough magically to hang on to uh rebecca or rebecca's uh-huh. just like yeah no <laughs> and it just lays the groundwork for like let's move let's move this party somewhere yeah. else or i'm just not asking the right question right yeah true very true because they get picky about you asking the wrong having to ask the right question in the right order with all those supernatural beings sure yeah so emily's pretty upset you know rebecca she just had her right there but now she's gone but that turns out to be the least of her problems sarah has busted her higher magic we talked about this what the hell were you thinking Rebecca has a message for me. It's like she's been waiting for me to do this and willing me on, trying to help me. I can could, I could just feel it. Sarah, I heard her voice. If I could just talk to her. Stop. She's trying to draw me in. She's trying to help me understand. Higher magic is drawing you in. It's addictive. What are you doing? I'm putting this in a safe place away from you. So Sarah's attempting an intervention. What did you guys think about this? She's like. (laughs) Oh, she was was great. Yeah. Everything she said, she had every right to say. And and the other thing that I noticed is that Paisley, that shawl that she's wearing Mm -hmm. or using for a robe really harkens to that the night dress that Diana keeps putting on with as far as the colors yeah. and some of the pattern in it and it's like the way they link those two together mm-hmm. trying to talk their partners out of doing something stupid is kind of neat yeah yeah a lot of common threads yeah they're more alike than they'd care to admit yeah just like the the pulverizing of the, the herbs, yeah. the herbs yeah. in, in the last episode yeah 
And Sarah, I mean, she even says it's addictive. So it really is kind of an intervention here. I'm trying, and I guess as a viewer, you would be trying, why is this addictive? What's going on? Why, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, too, is I keep sneaking off to do it. Yeah. If it wasn't so bad, why would she have to do it in secret? Yeah. Yeah. Gerbert, meanwhile, is on the phone with Isabeau. He didn't, he didn't have to go 800 miles this no. time. No. <laughs> She actually picked up that call to picked up the phone too. I'm just kind of surprised. I'm wondering what his ringtone is. <laughs> <laughs> we did we weren't blessed with that. What do you guys think his ringtone would be? <laughs> I would just think she would keep it on vibrate and just not even entertain it, you know? <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't like swipe to swipe to message. <laughs> Automatic auto pickup message. <laughs> yes. <laughs> New phone who dis. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he's telling her it's time to choose a side. And Isabeau ain't having it. He says if she has the pages, he'll tear the chateau down brick by brick. And Isabeau isn't even shaken by this. Isabeau's like... Yeah, so she's swinging her brass ones around yep. is what she's doing. She says you'll do well to remember who you are threatening. I love that. And yes. this is the Isabeau I love. Yes. yes. I am here for this Isabeau. Yes. I mean, she was kind of muted in season one. Uh, I'm all for it in season two. She's phenomenal. The way she's so dismissive and just... Mm. The trick is, is her and Trevor Eve have the perfect chemistry for this. I am dying to see her uh, I think so. make mincemeat out of Peter Knox at some point in time next season. I don't even think Peter Knox is worthy of her. Oh, Peter would piss in his pants if she started <laughs> yeah. speaking at him. That's what I want to see. not even worthy. <laughs> okay, so now we're back with them. She's outside alone and Isabeau brings her a cup of wine and advises her to never sleep on an argument, which is smart. I mean, yes, very. that was a nicety. Thank you, Isabeau. I know I shouldn't be out here. <sighs> I thought you might like this. Thank you. Never sleep on an argument. Mm-hmm. Wisdom according to Isabel. And it's fast paced. Like I said, different scene. Now we're in the labor and delivery room with Sophie and Nathaniel. The baby's here and healthy. Yeah, that was like the fastest delivery ever. I know. It's like, push, push. <laughs> oh, look, she's here. Right. And she's healthy. It's good. And Marcus walks in looking proud and worried at the same time. That's the uh-huh. vibe I got. It's like, yay, baby's here. Oh, shit. I got a lot of shit to do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's piling the up. Pro- here's a problem at my doorstep. Yep. It is literally at my doorstep now. Okay, now we're at the auction house with Phoebe. Okay, can I bring up a point here? And it really annoys me. Phoebe's shoes. What about her shoes? She's wearing trainers, sneakers Uh, with dress pants. It's very working girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's It's like, (laughs) why? And they're what? Blazing white. It's like, girl, you you can find better walking shoes than that. Uh, There's no accounting for style and taste, dude. I'm just saying it's like such the antithesis of book feet. Sorry. In the high heels. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying, but I don't know. Maybe they're trying to connect to that age group because that age group does wear blazing white shoes with black pants. They sure do. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's it's just one of those things that when we did it, it was like cringy. Every... It's like we're going through a cycle of fashion right now where the late 80s, early 90s is slowly creeping back. And like I pick and choose what I want to bring back into my wardrobe. Like uh, the other day I saw some Doc Martens with the really fat heels. I was like, girl, I'm bringing them back. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, this this is the first time for them. And I'm sure I'm sure Phoebe's going to look at that later in about 20 years and say, what was I thinking? (laughs) Right. So, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. But to us, it's like oh gosh. But to them, that's what's in style right yeah, now. That's the that's yeah. the thing. These kids. Uh, it's, it's uh, I'm just saying some some of the things <laughs> that that are considered stylish at this present moment, or I should say, last year, it was kind of like cringy. Yeah. Well, and, and it's so anti anti Phoebe. And I also look at it thinking I don't see any high-end auction house like that permitting that to as part of their dress code. I mean, if right. she were with a Hermes scarf, it'd be okay. I mean... Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was only going on Zoom calls recently. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But why are you coming into the office to make Zoom calls? That's kind of strange. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Can we work from home? Well, you, you got to talk to someone in Japan. You got to yeah. Zoom them. 
All right, Phoebe is headed out of there and she has a second thought. She grabs the pendant and gives it to her co-worker to study. Meanwhile, she's Googling the Knights of Lazarus while he's looking up his shit and she finds some ancient-ish documents online with a picture of Matthew. I gotta say, how the hell did Matthew end up in a Wikipedia article? (laughs) I know. Why is there a drawing of Matthew in a Wikipedia article, people? This is a little bit ridiculous. When Diana couldn't find him in season one. Right. Yeah. Right. And there he is. Hey, Knights of Lazarus. Here's Matthew de Clermont's picture. I, I think it goes back to asking the right questions when you're searching. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and Phoebe had the right question. It's like, look up Knights of Lazarus. You'll see. Oh, okay. I was suspicious of Wilf, though. I'm like, is he yeah. going to turn? He was a little ominous. Like, is he going to turn double agent or I something? Know. But oh, I he had that, nice, that nice Canadian accent. I figured, eh, he's not going to be a double agent. Oh, was Canadian? <laughs> I thought he was playing at being American. I was like, what's going on no, here with his with his weird Canadian. accent? Okay. I looked him up. He's Canadian. That's the weird accent. I was like, yeah, he sounds Canadian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he can't be a bad guy. He's Canadian. <laughs> so with the picture of Matthew, she compares it to the miniature. Wait. Maybe Marcus isn't bad. You know, shit's crazy. But then she decides she's going to go down to the vault because she's going to search deeper. She's going to figure gonna look this at the out. spot where they're supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes Nancy Drew. Yeah. yeah. She goes down to the vault and she, I don't know what she thought she was looking at when she was looking at that lock there. I mean, what what did she think she was going to do? Was she going to examine it and just determine, you know? No, I think she was trying to decide whether you needed supernatural strength to open it up. Yeah. I'm like, why did she need to go down and do that? It's a fucking vault. Of course you do. Right. <laughs> and so she turns around and there's Domenico. What did you guys think of this? Where he's no. just there. And he's posing as a cop, but not really. He's letting her assume that. Yeah. You know? Which is Domenico's way. I didn't mind any of that. I didn't like it. made my hair stand up on the back of my neck when he she tried to move out of the way and he like blocked her. I'm like, I don't like that at all. Yeah, that's not <laughs> no, nice. That was not acceptable. No. Right. And the convo kind of goes wonky from there. I mean, it's just like, mm, ah, I didn't like it. Sorry, I didn't mean to start with you. Uh, I just have some questions about the robbery. Yo, please. Right, sorry. I was just thinking about the force required to open this door. Oh, I know the stolen goods are late 16th century. Do you have an accurate date? No, I, I already explained this in my statement. Would you like to come to my office? What did Marcus Whitmore tell you about them? Marcus. You've been socializing. I'm sorry I didn't quite catch your name, detective. Have you found Joe? Police officer. Phoebe. Sorry, am I interrupting? No, it's at all. I think it's Plantagenet. Maybe even older. I've WhatsApp Louise, and she's going to give us a second opinion tomorrow. But at the end of that, I determined, okay, now she's a believer because he tur- she turns around and said, he's the grandmaster. He gave this to me. When the conversation goes wonky, Domenico is like, what has Marcus told you about me? And it's like, whoa, wait, we're, that wasn't even part of the conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was a weird card for Domenico to flip yeah. in that conversation. It's like, what are you doing? This is kind of strange. And what are you thinking? Did he just like lose his mind and decide, you know, lose his cool? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of this info dump blabby fest that, that Wilf and uh, <laughs> Phoebe are having right. and Domenico right there taking wit. Right. I almost would have rather had them, Wilf and Phoebe, had this conversation and Domenico have his like preternatural hearing right. over here. Right. Because yeah. he can hear. We have to remind yes. ourselves. He can hear yes. a lot of shit. I don't know. But I do count it as a win for Marcus because Phoebe proudly says it was given to me by Marcus and he's the grandmaster of the Knights of Lazarus. Mm. Oh, so now she's a true believer. Okay. She's yes. all proud like it's his uh, varsity ring or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He gave it to yeah, me. That's right. We're going steady now. <laughs> yeah, it's like a class ring. I love it. <laughs> now we're back with Emily. I'm going to assume she sucked down her wine. Sarah joins her and agrees to a truce, which I'm happy about. Okay. And then they head inside. Flashback to the hospital. Agatha, Sophie, Nathaniel, and Marcus are all there, and they're joined by Miriam. 
the baby's name is Margaret, and Miriam's like, seriously? <laughs> Yeah, I, was like, well, I, I found that so funny. I don't know why her face was like seriously. Okay, I know. I was I was waiting for the speech about Saint Margaret eating her way, you know, cutting her way out of the dragon's stomach. But we yeah. didn't, we didn't get to hear how fearsome Saint Margaret actually is, which was kind of a disappointment. We just got the you're giving her an old lady's name look. Yeah, Margaret. And considering how old Miriam is, that's not like an old lady name. No, I know. <laughs> So the whole reaction was kind of strange. And the answer was like, well, we like it. I'm like, okay. You're right. <laughs> That's that. So they coo over the baby and Miriam picks up that the baby's blood is singing. Yay, she's a witch. Yay. Marcus is like, okay, the congregation cannot be allowed to find her. And he's instructing them that as soon as they are discharged, that they should move to Septor for a while. I mean, figure out your other shit later, but for right. the time being, yeah. move to Septor. So now we're with Sarah and M. Sarah's explaining her resentment towards higher magic and her sister. And we kind of touched on this before, like way back yeah. before when we were wondering about Sarah and her attitude towards Rebecca. And it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. But she offers like a olive branch. She offers a jailbreak to the sacred temple that mm-hmm. Emily was talking about. I remember watching you and Rebecca doing your higher magic. I practice in my room, keep failing over and over. I was so desperate to surprise you, to be part of it. Rebecca wanted to include you. I know. I wouldn't let her. So goddamn stubborn. I resented higher magic. It kept me apart from her. She loved you, honey. I don't want that to happen to us. How do you feel about a jailbreak tonight? You're right. We need to know more about the page. Serious? You could find your sacred site. I don't think it's far. And if I can just harness its power, I know it can help me go deeper. Oh, okay. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't frighten me. I don't want you to do this alone. M's getting all excited and Sarah's like, okay, slow your roll. <laughs> the shit still scares me. <laughs> yeah. But I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to do this alone. We want to be safe about it. And, well, you know, someone's got to be the wet blanket because apparently Emily can't control herself. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like, you know, if you're going to do it, let it be with my assistance or under my guidance. If I need to put the brakes on it, you need to agree to stop. Right. So that's good. Back at Oxford, we're bopping to New Order again. And there's Marcus. He's headed out of his house and Phoebe is there. She's ready for answers now. <laughs> yeah. Um, she gets lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> lots and lots, lots of them. Lots of answers here. I mean, like the fact that he was born in 1757, but he was sired in 1781. Mm-hmm. I thought Marcus was really smooth. His heart beats slow and loves longer. Mm. I know. He got like the best pickup line in this whole season, I think. Yeah. I think I like that we got a modern vampire's perspective on vampirism. Yes. Yeah. And I really, what I really liked is when he started talking about some of the other issues that we were in the exact same spot in the exact same bar where Matthew and Miriam yeah. and Marcus were having the conversation about the genetics. I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. We also get the general percentages of creatures to humans now and back then at, at one point. It, yeah. I thought this was really good because at one point she's like, do you suck it all down? And she's like, glug <laughs> <laughs> it. I love that. Do you glug it? Glug it. <laughs> in, in a mug, I'm not a heathen. I know. Yeah. 
He was very indignant. That was perfect. Yeah. It came just in passing, but he said, Isabel, when she said, oh, you were, those pictures are of you. And he's talking about the Olympics. And he said, yes, Isabel was so happy when Fanny Blanker, or we said Blanker's Cohen won her fourth uh, gold medal. So, of course, I looked her up. And, of course, Isabel would love this because she had a Fanny Blanker's Cohen had a nickname of the Flying Housewife because she was an ice skater. Oh. But she was also credited with being the female athlete of the century in 1999. Oh. Yeah. She said her Olympic victories are credited with helping to eliminate the belief that age and motherhood were barriers to success in women's sports. There you go. Good. Yay. Do you know what I also I love when he made the comment about, well, we don't wear capes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, you do. Yeah. I'm sorry. She's not, she wasn't an ice skater. She was a uh, track and field. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yes. I'm like going, I don't remember her being a figure skater, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Phoebe's getting the info on the family tree. Uh, this is how I'm related to this person. Matthew's my father, blah, blah, blah. From what I understand, she's taking this all in. And the fact that he makes great hot chocolate, that means the next scene's got to be in the bedroom, yo. <laughs> yeah. Hot chocolate does it for Phoebe. Okay. <laughs> well, turns out vampires make amazing hot chocolate. <laughs> so... What else should I know? We heal quicker. Our senses are heightened. We're stronger. Faster. I have a note about Domenico here. Why do I have a note about Domenico? Oh, right. Because he's like, I ran into Domenico. I think he's a vampire. And Marcus is like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, Domenico. <laughs> Domenico. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So they have a little conversation about Domenico. And they're talking about all kinds of things. This is like a big, the big conversation we never got in the books we're having now. We're understanding how they got together. Mm-hmm. And that's a minor spoiler for people who haven't read the book but not really because you're not going to get this much in the books. So, you know, just be prepared. There. How's that? <laughs> it's just a PSA. <laughs> be prepared when you it's read the books. Yes. Yeah. So eventually we get into talk of Knights of Lazarus and she's like, so you're the Grandmaster. And she seems very impressed about that. And he's like, yeah, not for yeah. long. I'm giving it up, though. Hmm. It's just old and ancient <laughs> and whatever. And, yeah. and that's what Baldwin was counting on. <laughs> that, you know, it's not something he's, he's like, I like my friends. I like this. I like that. I like being a doctor. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Phoebe turns around and says, but you can do so much more as the grandmaster. Think of all the people. Yeah. If you hate everything being stuck in the past, you're the one you've yeah, got the tools. You're to in charge. Bring yeah. it into and the that's present. exactly what Isabeau said last couple episodes ago, which she was like, you're mm-hmm. the grandmaster. You decide. Right. And Phoebe's essentially elaborating that and coloring it in for him. And that's all he needed. He's like, yep. OK, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just feeling or being short sighted because he felt burned by having all the truth hidden from him. Yeah, that's true. In air quote, Matthew was protecting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He does that to everyone, Marcus. Don't feel special. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Marcus goes to the congregation. He makes a trip to Venice to confront Baldwin about it. Ah, Baldwin's rather pissed and ah, I don't have a lot to say about this. <laughs> uh. I have a little bit to say about it. I know. Because... I know you would. So let's let's, let's get into it. <laughs> OK. Yeah. First of all. OK. So so he doesn't leave it to an email. Marcus runs to Venice to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got something to tell Marcus. Uh, we're not going to talk about it in the hallway. They go into his office and it's like he tells Baldwin about Margaret and how the knights are going to help help her. Yeah. And then Baldwin reminds him that this is a. a speech that needs to happen, how they're not a charity, and it was formed to protect the de Claremont interests. And we get, do we get another F-bomb? Because he's like, what are you doing protecting fucking demons? You're soft and you're stupid, and I'm not going to take orders from infants. Yeah. Baldwin's not happy. No, he's pissed. <laughs> to say the I least. I laughed out loud at that. 
Oh, the taking orders Th- that you're soft yeah. and you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was funny or like kitschy or anything. I loved it. I laughed because I loved it so much. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. And I'm like, man, this is not going well at all. And Baldwin's no. just, he is not happy. Here comes another guy, another brother, of a brother, family member of his sleeping with some woman who all of a sudden gets all these jacked up ideas. It's like, right. yeah, I'm right. going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to do that. It's like, Stop thinking with your dicks, dudes, which yeah. is probably another reason he's really pissed off. It's like these guys all go off and just, you know, hop in bed with somebody and then they get stupid ideas. <laughs> this is all looking at. It's like, Jesus yeah. Christ, you're just listening to some piece of ass. Yeah. And that was the thing. It's like I really when I first watched this episode and Gene and I started talking and Gene was upset. Because they had made his her man out to be just, I'm like, but think about what Marcus. It's like you're sitting there, you're expecting to be handed the knights. When he left Marcus, Marcus was like, he, I don't want him. He, Take he's him. like, whatever. I just want to live my little life, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Baldwin's like, all right, cool. And when he shows up at the congregation, he's like, yeah, all you need to do is sign it over to me. It's no big deal. Rolling up into the office, Baldwin's like, okay, we're gonna close the deal. And we're all done. And this guy's like, yeah, no, yeah. And Baldwin's even. Saying, Saying, this won't make you look bad. I'll make sure this isn't an yeah. abdication. This is you. Hey, we're just passing along amongst the family members. No big deal. But he didn't realize, Baldwin did not realize <laughs> that Marcus had just had a pep talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know everybody hates this word. It's like more of the magic pussy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, it does make me wonder who do the Knights of Lazarus protect? They don't protect witches in season no. one. They don't protect no. demons in, in season, season two. two. <laughs> and the vampires seem to be able to protect themselves more or less. But wait a minute. The vampires are all fighting amongst themselves. Right. Yeah. And the reason, you know, and it occurs to me, finally, this is the reason Philippe did not want Baldwin to have the Knights because he saw all of this shit. He's like, mm-hmm. okay. But I mean, that was a reach on Philippe's part. <laughs> to is like, okay, so if Baldwin doesn't have them, then Diana and them will be safe. You know, he was thinking big picture. He was thinking chessboard. Right. He was thinking... Well, I think he was also... I, I think we talked about this in season one. He was also thinking that gives Baldwin plausible deniability. Yeah. You know, he yes. nobody's going to sense that he's withholding which also plays into the thing that initially upset me again, which we'll talk about in a minute, which also helps shore up Baldwin's position with the rest of the congregation and leaves him in a position where he can still right. maneuver. Yes. Right. He's still an ally with the congregation. As far as they're concerned, Baldwin is firmly yes. on his side based on how Philippe knew he was going to react, you know? Philippe knows his son. He knows him. So he's like, yeah, so Matthew has it. That's going to piss him off good. So that'll leave him in good standing with the congregation. Yeah. Okay. This will work out. Yeah. And the the other thing is, too, is he he knows that nothing much happens between his, at the end of, you know, he's when he makes all these plans at the end of his life, he knows that nothing much is going to happen between 1945 and until Matthew. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems to me that Baldwin is only concerned about who's running the congregation or running the Knights of Lazarus when there's actually once there's actually something to do. Yeah, he's kind of simmering about Matthew having the title, but yeah, nothing's going on. It's just paperwork. There's a reason for everything. Yep. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> the outcome no. for the present moment, it's not good. Marcus didn't make things better by stomping in there and saying, "Yeah, and I'm going to change it. I'm keeping it, and I'm going to change it. We're, we're going to help he people that need help." Snotty kid about it too. So, that, oh, yes. the insults he lobbed back at Baldwin. Oh, and dis- I don't understand those. Like he was supposed to be wounded by that, but we'd give no background or inkling that Philippe was disappointed in Baldwin. No, yeah, and, and it's like how. And I also was thinking, it's like, well. Exactly. How are you privy to all of this, Marcus? I I'm, chalk I'm it up. It's like I chalk it up to, to uh, just secondhand gossip from Matthew. And, and, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I chalk it up to just little throwaway lines that you know when you hear little throwaway lines from family gossip, you make your own conclusions. So I chalk it up to 
yeah, I'll hurt him with this. <laughs> that's that's true. But then I felt like Baldwin, you're spreading. I mean, Marcus, you're spreading misinformation. Now the TV viewers are going to think that. <laughs> yeah. Why are you doing that? And that's the whole thing. It's like, why are you doing that? The first season one kind of reformed him some. Yeah. Well, Marcus is looking at the camera. He's like, oh, I'm on camera. <laughs> I'm on a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit I think that that was the basis of most of my anger at this this whole interlude with and what they're doing with Baldwin in this episode is like oh man you're just giving all these viewers fodder to just go back to see he is an asshole that was the yeah. first comment you made to me where I was like yeah but Gene you gotta look at the situation you said everybody's gonna think he's an asshole now and I'm like Gene look at the situation though <laughs> I was like, it's cool. And then once you were, once you sat down and yeah. sat with it, you're like, yeah, that's true. I'm like, yeah. wow, that he's was just easy. Think, <laughs> yeah, he's just thinking six yeah. steps ahead. Yeah. That's right. It was good. And you have to have some element of surprise, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got the information about the baby. Uh, I mean, it, it was kind of amateur for Marcus to let that out. He's like, hey, can I tell you a secret? Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a baby. I was a witch yeah, baby. Oh, hey. Born oh, by deep. the way, here, amateur here some information you can you can use for negotiating power. Right. And then you go ahead and insult him. What did you think? <laughs> right. Genius move. <laughs> Here's what, something you can stab me with and then I'm going to insult you. That's bad. That's not good. Yeah, it'll make you want to stab me with it. Meanwhile, Domenico and Gerbera are trying to strike a new bargain. Domenico is close to identifying the blood rage killer, so he's using that as his bargaining chip. But over Domenico's shoulder, Gerbera notices Marcus coming out of the congregation and Gerbera never went to let an opportunity slide by him. He's like, huh, I wonder what's going on there. <laughs> Yeah. So he barges into Baldwin's office to find out. Oh, but 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 the best part was his closing shot at Domenico when he called him an impudent fucker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that true. was the best insult of the whole freaking show. Yeah. So Gerbert, when he barges in the office, and I could see this clearly, Gerbert is looking at the weak link right here. The thing that Isabeau was talking about, Gerbert is looking for anything to take down to the Claremonts. Right now, he's mm -hmm. looking at an angry Baldwin, and that's his weak link, and that's where he thinks he's going to go ahead and poke the bear. And so it's currently Baldwin who's really pissed about not getting the knights and Marcus's attitude towards him. Baldwin says, fuck it. And I think another thing Baldwin is pissed off about is like Marcus and all of his, I'm going to revamp the knights and da, da 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 doesn't recognize the fact that the whole lecture about blood rage and the family being exposed went right over Marcus's head. Hmm. And he thinks yes. it's just a fucking walk in the park. Yeah, yeah. And Baldwin knows that it's big trouble on the horizon. And yeah, he didn't take it into consideration. No. No, he did not. And then he gave him the weapon for Baldwin to like stab him with, which was yeah. dumb. Here's the weapon. Baldwin's like, there's a child. <laughs> yes. And you could just see. It was like, I'm thinking of the Little Mermaid and Ursula the Sea Witch, where she's just rolling her fingers and going, ha, 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 you know? <laughs> it's your bear. He's, he's looking at it like, oh, yeah, here's the weak link. I got it, right? But it wasn't the weak link he thought it was. No. But, and here's the thing, and as we keep talking about it, why is in the moment that's when I'm like, oh, my God, he gave up the baby. Everybody's going to think he's an asshole. Giving up the baby was brilliant because it's a distraction mm -hmm. and it was also a distraction where they he knew it was a distraction because now they still have to go through Agatha Yes. And it's not like Peter can just snatch the baby 24 hours old. They're like, oh, when the time comes, we'll place the baby with an appropriate family, which is like six, nine months, two years down the road. Who knows? It's like, kick that can down the road. Let them be distracted by it. Is it going to come to pass? Probably not. Yeah. Because all kinds of other shit is going to happen in the next five minutes. Yeah. It was something Baldwin could give him to just, okay, stew on that for a while. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, they're going to run around crisscross the little map, crisscross all over yeah. Europe, <laughs> deciding what to do. Yeah, right. And fuck it. Marcus is mad at him anyway. Yeah. So what's what's, what's, what's he going to lose? Right. And like Jean said, he they yeah. have to go through Agatha. He's and Baldwin in season one just dealt with Agatha and knows that she's formidable. And who's to say that he wouldn't help Agatha? But yeah. for now, he's got to just get them off his trail. Yeah. yeah. So now we're back in the hospital with the new family and they're discussing the fear they have for her future. No. You? 
not for us, for her future. The world is so messed up right now. Maybe she'll help fix it. Sophie says she's scared for the baby because the world is so messed up. And Nathaniel says maybe she'll help fix it. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. That's what you always hope. You hope. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that facetiously. (laughs) I'm saying that's what you always hope. Right. Yeah. Back in Venice, Domenico is waiting in a boat tunnel. And then he's joined by Marcus, who rolls in in a boat. Bottom line, Domenico is telling him that he's going to catch the Oxford Blood Rage Vampire. The identity and Domenico's loyalty will be for sale. So he's offered himself up to Gerbert and he's offered himself up to Marcus. So whoever's got the highest price, mm-hmm. Domenico is there for it. He's like, I don't care. I'm not loyal to anybody. Let's make a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a deal. Yeah, I was I was like silently applauding. I'm like, okay, now you know your worth. Now you're not just yeah. backing down. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he just had some of the, some really witty dialogue here. I mean, he's like, yeah, 16th century. Worst holiday vaca- destination ever. Ever. <laughs> it's like, why would you go on vacation there? Meanwhile, Gerber is relaying the Margaret story to Peter, a witch born to demons. Unheard of. Well, now it's been heard of. So (laughs) Uh, Gerbert reminds him that the child is a witch falls under his jurisdiction. Hmm. I don't feel good about this because Peter. No, Peter's just. (laughs) So now we're at the hospital. Enter Peter Knox. Peter takes his stupid little ball, whatever that thing's called. Starts Petrosphere. His stress ball. (laughs) (laughs) And he knocks Nathaniel out. Puts, Wait, but first he walks in and Nathaniel's like, hey, hi, how's it going? Yeah. You know, like not yeah. even alarmed. Yeah, I didn't even. Well, it was like he didn't know who he was. I know, but you're in fear for your baby's life at this moment. And so if he's like, yeah. can we help you? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then he knocks Nathaniel out, puts Sophie to sleep, and then he checks the baby. And I was so disgusted. I didn't Ugh. want him near that baby. Ugh. It was horrible. He's getting confirmation that this baby is a witch. And I didn't know what he was going to do with that stupid little ball. (laughs) (laughs) I just think I haven't been this creeped out thinking about Peter holding a baby since the hand that rocked the cradle. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) She was holding the baby. Agatha walks in and she's like, oh, shit. What the fuck? She just was ready to throw down. (laughs) No, shit. She sees her son and daughter-in-law knock the fuck out and she demands to know what Peter's done to them. Peter like they'll live. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you pissing? <laughs> I was hoping she was gonna cold cock him or something. I would have hoped she did. Holy crap! Agatha threatens to kill him with her bare hands if he comes close to her grandchild again. Peter says, "Make the most of your time together." Mm. And he walks out, and he didn't do shit to Agatha. I'm wondering. Oh, she was so mad. She was crying. Yeah, she was. Uh, that yeah. was. Those were mad tears. Those weren't scared tears. Those were like, I'm so pissed. <laughs> I would think though, the fact that he did that to Agatha's kids, yes, knocked them yes. out. That would put him in trouble as it is anyway. But yeah, but then she'd have to reveal the whole baby thing and everything. So, oh yeah. yeah. So there's yeah, there's that this, whole this thing. Another reason to be mad because you, you, she you, can't say anything, right? Yeah, but he didn't do anything to her, so I was like, okay, well, all right. Em and Sarah are headed out to the woods on the grounds of Septor, and they approach the ancient temple. And it's beautiful that the way they did the art at night, uh, yeah. CGI is just gorgeous. They're sitting down, they're settling in, they're lighting candles. Emily's trying to take her through her ritual, and Sarah's looking mm-hmm. around like, "Okay, is this what I do?" You know, beats her chest a couple yeah. times, and she's yeah. The, <laughs> she's the like, jewelry is interesting. She yeah. hears like, "Here, you need to wear this." Am I doing this right? <laughs> yeah. Sarah's looking freaked out as they're doing this ritual and Em mm-hmm. is doing her thing. She raises Rebecca again and Sarah is just so overwhelmed. She goes up to hug her and Rebecca's like, yeah, Fitzio, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> well, another thing is too, is it's like as soon as they raise, raise Rebecca and Emily is trying to like ask her questions. She's like, Sarah? It's like, she really does not want to talk to Em. 
<laughs> Once Rebecca sees Sarah, she's like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, she really does not want to talk to Em. It's like, oh, look, Sarah, hey, how are you? <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I was Em. I'd kind of like I give know, up on but some of this Emily crap. wants the answers to the questions. <laughs> it's like, talk about getting snubbed by the, snubbed by the ghost. <laughs> Emily really wants these answers, but uh, Sarah stands up to go hug her and poof Fitzio bye I gotta go it's something I'm wondering about and I'll bring up in the spoiler zone about this uh, about a certain aspect of ghosts being and Mm -hmm. what makes them show up and what makes them go away so we'll discuss that Mm -hmm. so now we're back in time again we're back in 1590. Diana is sleeping with the book, which is not a good idea. I mean, Matthew even said it's making her sick. So even if it's not the thing that's making you sick, why would you yeah. sleep with the book? Yeah. Why would you sleep with the book and of dead things? For that's Matthew's senses, he'd be like, yeah. come on, Diana, I can smell that. It's unsanitary. Like, <laughs> under your pillow. <laughs> right. What's going on here? Okay. So she's dreaming about oh. a tree in the water. And as you get closer to this vision, you mm-hmm. see that the bark is made of creatures and it's starts getting ominous and just when it starts getting really ominous and I'm starting to get freaked out she wakes up is everything alright I don't think so I put a spell on you Matthew asks, is everything all right? And Diana says, I don't think so. Our music going out is I Put a Spell on You, which is a cover of an old Robert Johnson tune. I'm sorry, not Robert Johnson, Screaming Jay Hawkins, a different blues Yeah. And Alpine does the cover in, God, it's a really good one. It's a good choice. Yeah, I thought so. For the mood Mm -hmm. of the whole whole episode. And it even plays into the whole, I I Put a Spell on You, as far as Phoebe kind of ensorcelling Marcus into... Yeah. Keeping with the Knights of Lazarus. Yes, true. <laughs> and it also is a great foreshadowing for episode nine when we start talking about four spells and, and finishing up yeah. our witchy training. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up before we head into the spoiler zone? So Jean talked a little bit about her dream maybe tying or the song tying into the, the four spell, but Diana's dream, is that supposed to tether us to what's happening in the present with Emily? I That was my initial thought. She's like, everything's that's not a, okay. That's a good question, yeah. too. Where she's seeing, when she's seeing the tree, I, I I didn't know what to think until she woke up and said, everything's not okay. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, is the dream she's having is about one of the missing yeah. pages. Yeah. Because that's one of the missing oh, pages gosh. from, yeah. Like, it's almost like she's seeing it on an overhead projector. I think the dream she's having is that yeah. it's... I think it's the we gotta it's go. time to go mm-hmm. dream. We got to go. Like it's for probably foreshadowing a lot of things. Uh, if we get into the spoilers, once we get okay. into the spoilers, I'll explain that a little further. Okay. So now would be a good time to say goodbye to our audience who doesn't want spoilers. So Bye. goodbye, guys. It was nice talking goodbye. to you. We'll catch up with you Here's next time. And you got your demon kiss. So go ahead and stop the episode. <laughs> I'll wait. Okay. <laughs> There you go. The rest of you has stick with us beyond this break and we'll enter the spoiler zone together. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form and bam, you're a discusser and the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com and if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post and you can read interviews geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe read about the characters keep that geek flag flying guys do you like what we do help us fund what we do go to patreon.com slant demons discuss make sure you follow us on social media we are on twitter facebook and instagram all at demons discuss If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela alive.
wants to go first with the spoiler zone? Before I forget the one I was just going to make before we stepped into the, stepped into the protective bubble of the spoiler zone. I think the dream, they took the miscarriage dream and changed it. Yeah. Repurposed it. And in some ways, I think the dream is foreshadowing her finding out she's pregnant rather than finding out she's pregnant. Yeah, I like that too. And the fact that it's the third page that's missing. Yeah. Is that the page that Timothy ended up having? The tree? Yes. The tree? Yeah. That's the one that, that's the demon page. Could also be foreshadowing, you know, bullshit going on with (laughs) kids. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. I mean, for her to say, yeah, it's not right. Right. Yeah. And and the witch baby born of demons, maybe it, it could also be she's having that dream because Sophie and yeah. Nathaniel's baby was born. And everything tying in. And she can't make sense of it now, but it's mm-hmm. letting her know uh, there's something definitely going on. No. And everything's yeah. coming to a, and everything's coming to a boil. I really wish witchcraft was more clear. <laughs> there's a lot of interpretation involved here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I mean, that rolls right into what Angela was wanted to say about ghosts. Oh, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost actions. Um, oh, that's you. I'm in sorry. In the books, it is revealed in the Book of Life that ghosts show up when you don't need them. And it's the ones that, you know, when you start asking questions about the dead and everything, they tend to shy away. It's when you've let go, when the people on earth have let go of that person and is okay with it. That's when they show up. Like Philippe, he even described to Diana, he's like, I knew you'd be the first person I'd see because you understand the whole cycle of life and death and everything. So I'm talking to you first, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he has, a, and he was kind of relieved that Isabel yeah. was still kind of pining for him. He was sad that Isabel hadn't seen him, but she was, he was also saying, Oh, that means she's still pining for me. So that's good too. I don't know. And I'm wondering if that's mm-hmm. the problem here with Rebecca when they keep calling her up. Yeah. Cause Emily's and- really needy. <laughs> yeah, she's really Emily's needy. needy and Sarah proven to be really needy when she's like, oh, I'm going to come hug you. Oh, there's nothing there, honey. <laughs> <I mean>. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. that was my thing. And I'm wondering if that's part of it. Maybe they took that into consideration when Rebecca keeps disappearing. Or is it just the fact that Emily's not that good at conjuring spirits and holding them there, anchoring them there Yeah, enough for her? I don't know, because Rebecca mm-hmm. was supposed to be the one that was really good at it. And Emily did say she's out of practice and practice makes perfect. And that's what she's been doing. <laughs> Practicing a lot. <laughs> so I also wrote down Baldwin here, but mm-hmm. I think we discussed that very well. It makes a lot more sense. Angela, do you have anything you want to bring up in the spoiler zone? I don't really, because it was all modern day things that were new to me. And like I said, we talked about Baldwin already. So yeah, we, we discussed Baldwin. And I also wanted to point out Peter. Oh, he was awful. And the way he said this, he kind of like really creeped me out and came off as really racist, you know, where he said, which needs to be raised by their own, its own kind. And I was like, maybe it's the times we're in, but it just, oh, I was so creeped out by him. Yeah, I mean, he, it's very antiquated and he's definitely um proponent of keeping things segregated. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Um, I don't have anything else for the spoiler zone. I think we pretty much hashed this episode pretty well. Yeah. yeah. There's not a ton to spoil since all of this happened off page. Yeah, it's all brand new. I think it's good that so. we got to see the Phoebe Marcus relationship blossom. Yes. Right. We definitely needed to see that. That was something we needed to see. And like I said, outside of the spoiler zone, those of you who are listening in that haven't read the books, you're not going to get that in the books. So treasure that. Either merge the two together, make your own patchwork of this story based on what we saw on the TV show, because you're not going to get that. It's kind of a surprise when Phoebe and Marcus wind up together. Well, and maybe that explains, too, why Phoebe commanded uh, Isabel's respect right away. It seemed like she was quick. You know, but if she's the one that talked Marcus, and she's the woman behind the successful man for the moment. Um, maybe that earned points with mm-hmm. Isabel. Yeah, Isabel's all for it. She's there. Yeah, for she, it. I mean, she just told him you have to figure out what to do with the with the Knights of Lazarus. And here's yeah. Phoebe's coming in, like you said, gave him a pep talk, and he's all charge. 
He's like, yeah, why don't you do good shit with this, this <laughs> huge organization you have? And then he even, she even did like all the steps. She stroked his eagle. If, a, if you're the man, you're the man I think you are. You're, you chose to be a doctor and you help other people and you're just this guy and you're awesome and I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's right. I'm going to go to Venice and let Baldwin know. <laughs> I mean, we see Philippe from the books as all knowing and he's the axis of the All Souls universe, but they do call Isabeau his general. So maybe Isabeau sees in Phoebe that she is Marcus's general. Yes, I would agree. I don't think she necessarily sees that between Diana and Matthew, though. Right. Because of all the friction. Because once Phoebe was on board, she was there for Marcus. Diana fought Matthew left and yeah. right. And she needed to because <laughs> Matthew, he's a whole different creature than Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> well, their partnership, Matthew and Diana's partnership is nothing like the one we we're given glimpses of between Philippe and Isabel and the relationship we come to see in Times Convert between Right. Yeah. It's a, a whole of, different relationship. There's a lot of brokenness between Diana and Matthew. They both came with a lot of baggage. Yeah, and neither of them are they think they're being supportive, but they don't know enough about the other to be supportive. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a discomfort yeah. there. I know people will probably disagree with me, but I don't see I don't even when we get to Times Convert, I don't know that we're actually seeing a true partnership yet. Right. We're seeing yeah. one starting to form maybe, but it's not there yet. They're still learning how to be there for each other and how to keep their own, d- deal with their own shit. Yes. As well. Yes. yes. Still. They both came in with a lot of baggage. And the fact that they connected so quickly, it's like both of these people, they're damaged. They're yes. very damaged versus Marcus. I don't see him as damaged. Comes in. I'm sure he's been through no. a lot in his life, but he's not been damaged like Matthew has right. been. And I would say the same for Phoebe. I think she came into it. I mean, she was she's a young lady with a certain path in her head and she knows what she wants out of life. Yeah. And she encourages is Marcus to get what he wants out of life. That's the thing. Yes. Both of them are open to help and support and Diana and Matthew aren't. Yet they go, but they always ask for support. I mean, they don't ask for it outright, but they always need the support. <laughs> yeah, they need it the most. <laughs> yeah, they need they need more support more than in, any other characters in this yeah. book. And I think with Marcus and Phoebe, if outsiders were to give them advice, they'd heed it versus Diana and Matthew just being stubborn and I mean, I know that they're Matthew's centuries Mm -hmm. and centuries old and Marcus is only a couple centuries old, but I almost feel like it's a generational thing. Like kind of how we grew up in our generation. You just suck it up. You just plow along. You know, you just keep doing it. Whereas, our, you know, the generation today here's my feelings and this is how I feel, you know? Right. And we don't understand that. Right. But but how they feel and what they say is valid. And that's hard for us because we were told to suck our feelings up and just fucking deal with it. Yeah. We had to let ourselves into the house. (laughs) (laughs) When you were five. Yeah. So I think each generation has their own set of challenges, but I think the generation behind us that's coming up, they're not scared to come up and say, you know what, that's wrong mm-hmm. versus us and saying us shrugging and saying that's the way mm-hmm. it is. And here's how we can get around that. Exactly. <laughs> right. So yeah. there is a difference. And uh-huh. that's what I see in the, our generational differences between, especially between me and my daughter. My daughter's like, well, that's wrong, though. I'm like, yeah, well, here's how you get around that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Versus yeah. she's like, you shouldn't have to get around anything. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, not one and one is not less valid than the other. Anything else? Or have we like beat this into the ground? I think we beat yeah, this and into then the ground, some. more or less. <laughs> All right, audience, let's say goodbye to you. Thank you, patrons, for supporting us so Thank well. You. Thank you. And we'll talk to you all next week. Demon Kiss Gene, please. Bye. Bye. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes.